Hey, Spencer, have you heard of Lisa Lampanelli? Oh, you're talking about the queen of mean, right? Yeah, but she's also become the queen of lean. Did you know that? She has a, a play called Stuffed, where she delivers brash, skinny insight from the fridge to your ears. No, oh, yeah, not, no. I don't think that's what happens in the play. <laughs> I've actually heard reviews for the New York Times that have said uh, Stuffed offers laughs, genuine pain, and even a bit of insight. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Why? Is that relevant to anything? Well, well, you know, yeah, Lisa Lampanelli, she's got a lot of street cred, and she's also got a new Feral Audio uh, podcast um, where she and her co-host, Mike Morse, uh, talk about health, food, body image, everything else to help you be the best you you can be. That's a that's a, that's a a real hairpin turn for the queen of mean. She's, she's stopped stomping on uh, political sensitivities uh, long enough to help you self-actualize and get, engage in some self-care. So what? She dishes out some tough love as she takes your questions about being fat? Fat, being skinny, being anything but right, and helps you grab a little self-acceptance. I mean, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, but there's other stuff too. Like if you if you want to get yelled at by uh, Lisa, you can email get stuffed at feralaudio.com, uh, and maybe she'll uh, she'll make you feel like a piece of shit on the, on the podcast, <laughs> or, or or maybe she'll make you feel better. I, you you don't know with Lisa Lampanelli, she's the queen. Of mean and lean, um, <laughs> give their give her hotline a ring three four seven four six four two six five four, and you might end up in the show that way too. But in either case, it's worth a listen. It's free. Like uh, I think it's very interesting that she that she's 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 like had some transformative n- nutritional experience that she and now is is, is doing insights because you know what's interesting about the idea of Lisa Lampanelli talking about body image and stuff is that we already know that she doesn't give a shit about what your feelings so and and what we probably need to do more of when we're talking about um, health issues and stuff is actually have some frank conversations we're a very fat country very diabetic country very diluted uh, v- vain. Um, uh, self-loathing, uh, shallow country. Like, like, what, what, what do we need to do to actually be healthy? I, I, I would trust uh, uh, the queen of mean turned queen of lean to, to, to tell me that. Yeah. So make sure you subscribe to uh, get stuffed. Get stuffed. Kick the craving. Subscribe to get stuffed on iTunes, Stitcher, FeralAudio.com/slash get stuffed, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Last Rampage. The new true crime film starring Robert Patrick, Heather Graham, and Bruce Davison. And we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie. So, uh, my name is Alvaro Rodriguez. I'm the screenwriter for The Last Rampage. As a writer, to me, I'm less interested in genre and more interested in character. And, you know, I've written in a lot of different genres, you know, um kind of horror genre thriller or action movie or kids movie or you know different kinds of things and it was always more I was always more interested in character and hadn't really quite done something like this before but was just uh, really drawn to this idea of um, of a guy like Gary Tyson who you know had been in and out of institutions from the time he was you know a kid um, and uh, and having sort of raised three sons from behind bars uh, and how these three sons kind of grew up in the Church of Gary and thinking that their father had been, you know, unjustly accused and unjustly convicted and all of this stuff that they were getting fed uh, from their mom, Dorothy, who's played in the film by Heather Graham. 
So to me, it was just, I was interested in telling that kind of a story, telling a family story. You know, to me, the most interesting stories are family in some, centered in some way. You know, they're elemental stories. They're stories that um, go back to, you know, to the most intimate and elemental parts of ourselves. So the idea of fathers and sons, you know, there's a line in the script about, in the movie about that, um, you know, where Gary tells his oldest son, you know, Donnie, there's only one law you got to worry about, you know, and that's a law of fathers over sons. And the only way you're going to, you know, get past that is, you know, by this, you know, by dying, basically. But kind of threatens him a little bit. But um, so that was really, you know, the touchstone for me, uh, trying to figure out how to tell that story. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters and available on iTunes and all on-demand platforms today. For more information, visit truecrimelive.com or follow the movie on Twitter at Last Rampage Film or on facebook.com slash lastrampagefilm. Gentlemen, Harmontown is now in session. Oh, you lucky sons of bitches. We got a goodie in store for you tonight. Please keep the emotions high and the hands clapping for the mayor of Harmontown, Mr. Dan Harmon. Come quietly or there will be entertainment. RoboCop, the original RoboCop. (laughs) I'm going to go to my grave protecting its vision. Sick of it. I saw the RoboCop photos of the guy who looks like Batman. Looks like Batman. Just call it Batman. Sick of it. I I don't care who's sick of hearing about it. Sick of this new Robocop shit. It's a good movie. It's as good as Casablanca. It's as good as Citizen Kane. You don't remake those things. Everyone would be offended if you tried to remake them. Just because it's about a Robocop doesn't mean you're allowed to just go over there and pee a little bit and see what, what, what takes. You wouldn't do that. With a, with, a, with a so-called classic film. I haven't seen the artwork you're talking about. What does it's it look- just a guy. He looks like Batman. He's, it's black, and it's rubber, and he's walking, and he's like, you know that, there's, that, that someone's going to go, RoboCop, there's a crime happening, and that there's going to be a thing where he goes, Whoa, I'm RoboCop. I'm online. My prime directive is to get jiggy. And he's going <laughs> to jump in a CG thing, like up two towers, and off of a roof and like land. It's going to look like Spider-Man. And you're going to go, why is that RoboCop? RoboCop's a tank. RoboCop was awkward. RoboCop was an original concept. RoboCop was a guy encased in ridiculous silver metal. I don't want to get off on, 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 on a lot of tangents tonight. Again, the hallmark of Harmontown. Focus. I want to focus. Tonight's theme is... I'm just going to look at my cell phone. Uh, let's diagnose me. 
<laughs> so I, I've thought in the past that maybe I have Asperger's. Right. Uh, I, I don't know if I do or not. I've, having met Adam Goldberg, who's a frequent uh, attendee of our There he audience. is. He's right center audience right now. Adam, Adam, say something just to support my case. You think that I have Asperger's. That's correct. You can tell. You can oh, feel I it. I have Asperger's. Right. You can, you can, he also has a lot of rage. I'm starting to think, like, like, like okay, all right, now I, maybe I don't have it. <laughs> um, am I bipolar? No. no. I know, no, I know. I, I know so bi- who, who said no? A bipolar person said no, right? No? Are you bipolar? No. Are you. Di- <laughs> why did you say, why were you so confident that I wasn't, there's, that I'm not bipolar? There's, there's, a, there's a common thread between everything you do. There's a, rational, there's a rational streak. Nothing you say just enters into the realm of what the fuck was that. Why are, why are you an, you seem to be an expert in bipolarism. <laughs> uh, like, do you have a family member or? Um, one. We see him sometimes, but right. sometimes he's not there. Maybe you're bipolar. No, don't, no. don't throw him under the bus. He's no, here to report. Okay, because I feel like I'm in a good mood tonight, and then sometimes I'm, I'm sad, but that's, that's everyone. That's, that's, that's people. I think, I think, Dan, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you would call this, but you have certain uh, superpowers, and any superpower is going to give you a deficiency in some other way. Right, like, for instance, okay, we know that whatever my power is, it takes away from bathing. <laughs> I, so, so does that is that like a like like do we do, am I a super, do we have super dirt? Do you know what, what what angers me? This is why I don't go to a therapist. Is because there is a, this was what what stopped me after going to like eleven therapists is that I was googling around. I'm like, what's wrong with me? What is what is my ism? What's my itis? And I and I was googling around. And I, I'm typing in symptoms, like, psychologically. I want to know, solve me, help me, lift the hood, like, like Optimus, my prime. And uh, the, the, I, I, fi- I found a thing that matched a lot of my symptoms. Uh, it used to be called Christ Complex. <laughs> but then, because that's too Western, they started calling it Superiority Complex. I, that's when I stopped believing in psychology, because f- you wish you could diagnose everyone that's better than you. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm not, fool me 3,000 times. Fuck you. Do you there's, a, there's a disease called Guy That's Awesome. <laughs> You. That's amazing. That's, that's not fair. That's not fair. Do you think you're actually better than people, or do you think? I'm you... pretty sure I'm all right. <laughs> like I get the I get the distinct impression that I'm fine. Who do, who are people that you think are better than you that you wish like that have skills uh, that you wish you had? The Cohen brothers <laughs> and RoboCop <laughs> and Greg Proops, who is our guest tonight. Greg Proops is here tonight. And I wanted it. I wanted it to be a surprise. I wanted to surprise you guys. I fucked I it. I fucked it. I up. want to take a survey because I want to. I want to shame Jeff. I, 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 want, I want to get to the bottom of this. Uh, applaud if if the reason you're here tonight. Well, I have to. I have to word this carefully because you all love Greg. Everyone should love Greg. But applaud if the if if the clincher for you coming tonight was that was that you knew Greg was going to be here. No. That's Greg. Greg, Greg Proops. That doesn't. Greg. The that's the gre- loudest applause is coming from the Greg Proops section. No, no, no. It, Which, no. And by section, I mean Greg Proops in the corner. <laughs> so I'm just saying that, like, like, you get a promotional value out of saying Greg Proops is here. But here's what I wanted. I wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons tonight and have like. 
and have us get into really dire circumstances, like be in a real dungeon hard rock place, uh, and 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 then and then go. What are we gonna do? And then have Greg come in like Carmine Raguso in Happy Days, and uh, and just bail us out. Will he have a uh, a wife beater on? Yeah, Josh, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I grew up in, look, okay, there was a show called Happy Days. <laughs> there was also a show called Laverne and Shirley. Laverne and Shirley was spun off of Happy Days. Gary Marshall produced both of them. Carmine Raguso was the, like, sexy guy on Laverne and Shirley, so he became a part of the Happy Days milieu. They did an episode of Happy Days where Richie was supposed to fight some bullies, and then Fonz showed up, and then everybody, and they had their own gag, and then there was this scene where... Like, like these bullies were like, yeah, is that all you got? And then Carmine, and then you heard Carmine Ragusa's voice going, although I go from rags to riches, and 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 this forty-seven-year-old man like sidled into the stage, and the audience went nuts because it was Carmine from a different sitcom that was also successful. It was a golden age of TV. It was amazing. We can edit all this explanation out. It, this never happened. So I'm, I'm sorry. You guys, you guys missed a lot by being 25. You, do, you, you, you think that you get more. You get less. Uh, I'm going to die, and then there's going to be 10 years after I die when it's just hot and there's just locusts. That's it. And maybe a couple holograms. Big deal. It's, it's going to be flickering marble. That's all a hologram is. It's just going to be a statue of a guy that invented holograms. <laughs> And it's going to turn, and it's going to go every, you know, in order to make sure you know it's a hologram, it's going to have to go every, you know, you know that, you know that. (laughs) Fucking dicks. So is it time to diagnose you after that rant? I don't know. We'll have to bring shrinks up. That's what what I'm proposing as a Why don't we have Greg Proops diagnose you? Ah, that guy. That narcissist? (laughs) Uh, All right, let's... uh, Ladies and gentlemen, let's bring our surprise guest to the stage, Mr. Greg Proops. Uh, Still dances to 80. Yeah, you were doing the mud dance. I was. I love your tiger fit. We that's, had a, we had a good neat. time last week, so I thought, let's desperately and joylessly try to recreate it. <laughs> let's just make the same thing happen all over again. I don't think you're... Uh, uh, oh, uh, maybe mildly Asperger. Uh, uh, do you get depressed? Um, yeah, I do. I, I'm, I might say depressive, reactive, or manic even. Uh, but you don't get manic Depressive, reactive? Yeah, you know, like, you don't... Uh, do you have period, periods where you, like, write 20,000 pages of dialogue? Yeah. Okay, so I maybe the manic first depressive. Three seasons then. of yeah, right. Because <laughs> the, the the best part of manic depressive is the, the the giddy mania. Yeah. Because you get so much done. No, I yeah I go I, I, I well I'm in a if that were me I would be on a high tonight I'm like manic tonight. Right. I feel like even though th- there are nights when I come up here and we're doing this once a week now. There are nights when I come up here, and they far outnumber this type of night. There are nights when I come up here, and I go, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? It's a justifiable question. Why, why, why did they pay $10? It doesn't make any sense. What am I supposed to do except honestly express the fact that I, I, I don't belong up here, and I hate myself? And then there's nights like tonight where I'm like Robin Williams. I'm like, oh, I've got a cup on my head. Ah, I'm Mr. Oh. Cuphead. And, 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 and Strom the- Thurmond. <laughs> 
Oh, yo, uh, yo, uh, help me lube. The- oh, God damn it. I, 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 I was trying to like a, like a, like a, uh, but, uh, yeah, something's wrong with me. Something's no, I think the manic part's what I wish I had. I, I, I was more hyper, I think. I'm more of a depressive stoner than anything else, even though I'm pretty hyper. I, I don't have the periods where I write the novel, and then you do, and that's what I wish I had. Didn't right. you, I mean, well, what can we, can we trade? Yes, please. Because I don't have the periods where I go on tour and everyone wants to talk to me. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't have the periods where I make everyone around me happy. Uh, let's, let's do a quick, quick change. Yeah, because, Greg, you don't really like, you don't love being out like in a bunch of people swarming over you after a show, but you but you're on the road all the time. Like, like you, I am. So you you love the uh, the acclaim and the. Uh... Well, I don't do it for the acclaim. I do it because of Edith Piaf. <laughs> I do it because of the art. But uh, uh, the acclaim is nice. I mean, the the difference is I'm not a lawyer. You know what I mean? Or a tax collector. I'm not a venal member of society. I'm not uh, a, a publican. You know, that people come up... What's the word in the Bible where they uh, render unto Caesar and all that? You know, like one of the disciples is a tax collector for the Romans because they farmed it out. And people are bummed when they see you if you're a lawyer or you're a dickhead. Like, I saw Karl Rove in an airport and I was like, uh. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't go like, oh, Karl Rove's here. This is awesome. And when people see me, it's usually, aren't you the guy on the thing right yeah and then I go yeah and then I explain who I am <laughs> no so people are usually happy to see you because you're a comedian so they associate you with a moment of joy in their life as opposed to oh I saw you and you raised my fucking taxes in 87 the last time I saw your face I was finding out it's illegal to have a right knee exactly uh, yeah right. all I want to do is pour a ton of manure on your lawn <laughs> Well, I'm looking at my phone. I need to remind people because it's almost October, and it certainly will be October by the time you're hearing this podcast. I land. think you'll find it's Rocktober. It's, it's, it's and very right important. now. It's the end of September. Yeah, September just finished. It's very important if you care about this podcast that you dress like Jareth from the Labyrinth uh, for Halloween. That's David Bowie's character from the Labyrinth. Dress like him for Halloween. I got two things on the docket to talk about before we play Dungeons and Dragons. Docket talk. Apple Friend Finder and Life After Death. <laughs> One and the same. Yeah. <laughs> guys, guys uh, all signed up for your Friend Finder app? You, There's a new Friend I, Finder. I function. signed up because of you. Uh, you invited me, so now I know at all times that you are at home and Dino is at the drawing room. Yeah. That's, I, I, well, I, I, was, I, I thought it would take a year for you to actually like, register a, this thing. I, I'm on a trial run. I'm probably going to turn it off. I didn't think that you would take to the idea of people watching your I, location. But the thing is, I don't have a girlfriend. You do. If I had a girlfriend and I could see where she was at all times, I'd blow my brains out. But you don't have a girlfriend, so why do you care? I, I, I just, just the thought of that stressed me out. You have a girlfriend. You're gonna, hey, the, the, it's the, going to destroy your relationship. No, you know that, right? No, it's, won't. Knowing where each other are is going to destroy you. More than... I, well, first of all, I don't care where she is. Second of all, I, li- I, I, like, I like the idea of her caring where I am. Like, I like that she can see where I am. You're gonna, it's going to destroy you. Yeah, all right. I'll to see. be continued. <laughs> next next Greg, topic. Do, Greg, do you have any idea what we're talking about right now? I adore apps. I think they're so useful. <laughs> That's Greg Proofs. Give him a big hand, everybody. Greg, great to have you. We'll see you next week. There's a reason why we Drive safely, back. Greg. You've been, you've been a real treat. Get the fuck back up. Sit down. Yes. Spencer, our dungeon master, come up and set your uh, dungeon tro- troves up. Spencer, everybody, our dungeon master extraordinaire. For those of you just tuning in, 
We have a uh, we have a dungeon master who's bearded, ponytailed, and uh, got a bag full of dice. And uh, this is the ongoing saga and the campaign of of Sharpie Butzalot, Corp, and uh, Greg uh, made a made made a late entry as a uh, as a unicorn character last time. Yeah. Time it all with codeine. <laughs> All right, uh, Greg, what do you think happens after you die? You mean in this game? No, no, no. Oh. So I was going to say, Spencer writes it down on a piece of paper, and then it's logged forever in the annals of Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, After we die, I haven't the slightest notion. I hope that it's a a fantasy world of what you wanted in your life. If there's any justice, and I know this is going to sound wildly sentimental to this crowd of youngsters, but uh, I want to be with my wife after I die. Uh, Me too. (laughs) High five heard around the world. I, I, I hope it's fun uh, after we die. I hope it's not a, a, a terrible, you know, like in the sci-fi movies where you wander through a universe where clocks fly by and then there's an odd random duck and then a book and then a dude in 18th century with a wig on comes by and you're like, was that Coleridge? And you're like, what the fuck was that? I, I, th- that to me seems kind of tedious. I don't like the yeah, purgatory yeah. limbo thing. No, no one wants to do that forever. Right. I, I, uh, that's the seventh time I've seen Taft. Right. What? Not noteworthy. Not, not deserving of my time tunnel. Right. Does, does Taft have an eternal home, or what yeah, the fuck? He I, just well, I, am I supposed to save him? Am I supposed to talk him into eating less? Right. Uh, I mean, I, it's, I, it, and it's past the fact. <laughs> I like the Elysian Fields, you know, Greek mythology part, where it's just, uh, you know, eternal rivers and fruit and whatnot. And I, I would like there to be a big bag of weed that just never goes down. You know, you reach into it and like, fuck, it's still the same level. Instead of that disappointing, oh, fuck, I'm down to the last one. I wonder if animals, like, there's got to be an animal that thinks while it's dying. Oh, shit, I'm dying. We, we, we think that that's the big difference. I think elephants, right? Don't, well, it seems, don't they seem seems to, mourn, to be that way. Or at least they mourn they each have, other they after they mourn each gone. other. But, but, but that might not, that might be, that's not evidence of anything. That's, that's how we express the fact that we think about the fact that we're dying. We bury each other. And what's odd is that Neanderthals buried each other, which we are not Neanderthals. We're not descendants of them. We're cousins of them. The same way we were of chimps and gorillas. Didn't we, and beat, didn't we kill the Neanderthals? Yeah, we hunted them to extinction. Yeah. Uh, whatever Quite we right. are. Look yeah. at us, homo sapiens. That's, huh? why I didn't, that's why I didn't understand I right? that fucking ABC show. It made no goddamn sense. I kept making Neanderthal puns and Cro-Magnon puns. And it was like, make up your mind. We're human beings. We descended from. All yeah, right. Also, I haven't found my crowd. See, yet. see, my, my, my beef with cavemen was that they had uh, a lot of uh, makeup and teeth in, and they couldn't enunciate. <laughs> a lot of a lot of lisping and slurring. My beef was that they out. shot at single camera, but it mainly took place around a kitchenette and their places of work. Uh, they really should have just made it. Did anybody see the, uh, the, the pilot of Caveman that wasn't the one they aired, but the one they got it picked up that was just uh, flagrantly racist? They were, Not yeah, racist, just too racial. Yeah, but like, yeah, the cave. I don't think it was racist. Cavemen have big dicks and dance really well. Well, like, that it's yeah, like, it was so, pr- it was pretty on the nose. It was it was, and they're often named stuff like AJ and Scuttlebutt and whatnot. The, I get the, what you're saying, bro. The industry grapevine says that focus groups were uncomfortable with the amount of racial allegory. Which, yeah. ha- having seen it, I agree. Now, now that could mean two things: that people think it's racist, or that people thought it was hacked to keep going to that well. And I. I did think, having watched the pilot, I was like, we get it! What happens in the afterworld? 
Yeah, exactly. How did we get on? No, I'm asking you. Right. What do you think, Dan? This is my biggest fear. Prince said you can always see the sun day, day, and night, night. <laughs> I take Proops' answer, uh, who cares, who knows, who we don't know. But the thing that terrifies me is something that, this, this, uh, that my original dungeon master, Graham, said at one point. When we were in high school, he said, well, when you die... Your awareness gets bisected moment by moment, and you become the the moment before your death, as you approach it, it gets increasingly small. And if you cut a number of uh, that measures time in half, you can cut it in half an infinite number of times, which means that the moment you die you may have the, the last thought that you ever had forever, according to you. That, that bummed me out. Like I, that, I, I was 17 it, when it I heard that. It bummed me out, I, like, I don't know what you're talking I, about. Well, I, don't, I, I was like, uh, God forbid you be eating a graham cracker and a bus hit you, and now for the next 550 million years, you're like, good graham cracker. That's hell. That's hell. Here comes President Toft. He's eating you, a whole box of graham crackers. You well, want to you know, go like, out like, like Michael Keaton in my life, like that like, movie like, where... 150 years ago, people died a lot younger. Death was a part of reality. People, people faced death. It was, a, it, was a, it was a thing. You could die young. You could yeah, die and people were mainly like, don't fuck my wife! <laughs> and that's how they mostly went out, I think. What? Did I, did I ever tell you the story? Did I, did, did I ever tell you... Wait, wait, sorry. Did I ever tell you the story of Schraub, Schraub's interpretation of the... Uh, um, uh, you know that Major Tom song? The, 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 the 80s version of the Major Tom song? Four, three, three two, two, one. Earth Greg, who sings that? Greg, who sings that song? Probably Greg. I can't remember, but it was like, this Major Tom. And at one point, Ground Control says, hey, are you still up there? And uh, Tom, who's in space, says, send my wife my love, then nothing more. That's the narrator saying, there was nothing more. I was talking about that song with Shrab. <laughs> and Shrab was like, God, that's fucking badass, man. And I, and I was like, yeah, it is, that is pretty, it's, it, gets you, it gets you in the ribs, you know? It's like, it's not Citizen Kane, but it's like Kevin Klein and Dave, you know? It hits a spot. <laughs> and, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. It's just like, the guy's out in space and he's about to lose contact. And the last thing he's thinking is, don't fuck my wife. <laughs> and, I, and I said, what? And he's like, no, it's like, give my wife my love, then nothing more. Like, don't, don't also no, give her... Rob, Rob, no, Rob. You don't understand where the quotation marks end. <laughs> he thought that the guy was fl- going out into space. It's like, give my wife my love, and don't give her your dick, you fucking... <laughs> I know she's hot. I met her at an astronaut bar. I don't know where to go. Kevin, I know it's going to be you, you fucking cock. My, my favorite is our friend Matt Young thought that, you know the song Panama by Van Halen? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, th- there's that breakdown where, uh, where David Lee Roth goes, oh, run, run a little bit hot tonight. Running pretty hot tonight. Can barely see the road from the heat coming off it. Reach down between my legs. Ease the seat back. My friend Matt Young thought, and it was his favorite song, and I can't blame him when he thought the lyrics were, reach down between my legs, ease the seed bag. 
He's the seed bag. He's the seed bag. How gross. No. Is there any is there any grosser way to imagine? No. First of all, the idea that they would have had the imagination to say seed bag. The seed bag. Seed bag. I, I don't want to think of it as a seed bag. But if you if you had one, you'd need to eat it once in a while. <laughs> yeah, I, I constantly do. That's yeah, why it's a bummer. The last thing you need is a tense seed. Bag. Every every time I sometimes if I have occasional like I sometimes we you, you know reach down. 48% of our audience knows what I mean. Sometimes you have to eat the seed bag. <laughs> Sometimes you have to reach between your legs. Especially when it's running hot. And it has no place in rock and roll. I can barely no see place. the road because of the heat. She's running. I'm running. Easy seed bag. You know my comes ain't coming. <laughs> Spencer, Obscure everybody. Central American country. Hey guys, it's Spencer. I'm here to issue a formal apology and talk to you about MeUndies. You see, recently we were in Oklahoma for a show, and at the end of the show, Dan took all his clothes off, ran around like a fool trying to get attention. It was a lot of fun. Everyone loved it. They loved it so much, I was jealous. I wanted to get some attention for myself. I took off all my clothes, ran around too, but I crashed into a table, spilled my drinks all over myself. And uh, I just want to tell you that you don't have to have all your underwear disintegrate off of you like I did. You can use MeUndies and elevate your underwear game to the next level. What is me undies? Oh, just some seriously soft, feel-good undies delivered right to your door that won't disintegrate when you crash into a table of drinks. MeUndies are designed in L.A. and made from sustainably sourced micro-modal, a fabric three times softer than cotton and three times less disintegratable. MeUndies softer-than-soft Lux undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns, so you can tailor your undies to your own personal style, even if your style is crashing into beverages or just swimming in your own pants. And guess what? You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. And you save a lot of money by not getting arrested for public indecency. And if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You can still save because MeUndies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL, MeUndies.com slash Harmontown, and get 20% off your first pair. So go ahead, floodproof your underwear drawer. You deserve it. Once again, that's MeUndies.com slash Harmontown. MeUndies.com slash Harmontown. That's MeUndies.com slash Harmontown. Uh, uh, Spencer, Spencer, our dungeon master, if you'd be so kind as to recap uh, and take us uh, up to date where we are in the campaign. When we last met, our heroes were in a tavern. They were hearing some rumors about a burnt building that was rumored to be from the Amber Muller rumor. And it's pretty meta. In pursuit of the beast, they set off. After talking to an old man about his burnt farm, they ended up in a burnt field where they saw a most miraculous sight, a unicorn. (laughs) Tylenol with codeine was a wonderful unicorn. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Steady, boy. Steady. (laughs) And with his help, they defeated the Ember Mauler. Then they returned to turn in their quest to Ferris, the captain of the wardens. So you guys were just talking to Ferris last. Back in this town, which is named what? Hawkthorn? What's it called? Thornvale. Thornvale. Who are they talking to? Ferris, the captain of the wardens. But you're not Ferris. Did we part ways with the unicorn? I'm just... Yeah, he ran (laughs) off, but, you know... Yeah, he may come back. Like Carmine Raguso. They (laughs) run fast. They can just come in anywhere. Who knows? You guys want your characters? Yes. All right. Yeah. Can you pass these down? Character That's sheets great. are being distributed. Jeff's. 
And I've seen this thing uh, now five or seven times, and I still have no idea what goes you on. You totally lost the first one. I had to remake it. I didn't lose shit. I <laughs> left it here at the thing. Guys, don't fight. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> so you were just talking to Ferris. You had just gotten 1,400 gold pieces from him Woo-woo. as a reward. <laughs> Go. <laughs> well, enjoy your reward. You have slain the Ember Mall, and you have shown most bravery in such circumstances. Let me leave you one last tankard of ale before I take my leave. This guy's all right. This Thank guy you. seems pretty cool. So, uh, Sharpie, what's next? I don't know. I feel like you and I need to level up. <laughs> you mean make out? No. Uh, how do we level up? I don't know what you're talking about. We should. I'm gonna. Are we? Are we? In the, are we in that tavern, uh, Spencer? Uh, yeah. Cha-Cha's? Yeah. Ferris was in the tavern. Okay. Apparently. I'm gonna go up to Chacha. Is he there? Chacha's there. Okay. How's it going? Hey, Chacha. Shoppy, right? Yeah. Listen. Good. Good tip. Good. Good tip on that Ember Mauler. We. Yes, I heard you took him out. Very impressive. Yeah. Did you have any help? Well, yeah, we had a unicorn drop by. Uh, yeah, he, he sat on my face for a while. Uh, I, I'm not sure where that got us, but it, we certainly got out of there alive. A, a unicorn? Those are quite rare. Was it Tylenol with codeine? The very same! <laughs> <laughs> Tylenol with codeine watches over the Connie Forest to the south. Oh. Um, maybe we should go <laughs> hang out with him. I'd like to, because, look, once you've had a unicorn sit on your head for a half an hour, uh, you never go back. What is that, like a day's walk to the south? It'd be about half a day's walk. Cha-cha, w- w- uh, what's, what's, what's in it for us if we go down to the south and hang out with a unicorn? I just told you where he stays. Well, don't get weird. <laughs> well, you got weird. What's in it for us? Oh, I, I, that's, I, that's a weird thing to ask. I, 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 time, I, gentlemen, I'm please. Time, gentlemen, please. We're not open all night here in Thornvale. you got oh, to go shit. home. Oh, this no. guy. I hate this. You, got you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Let's Come get on. some horses and head south. Yeah. Can we get some horses? Yes, there's a, there's a stable a bit south of the tavern called Coran's Horses. Uh, d- don't they have a jingle? Uh, that's that commercial for Coran's Horses. Coran's Horses world is a wonderful world of horses. Did I hear someone singing my theme song? Oh, shit. Oh, Walter Brennan, what Chorus. are you doing here? I'm playing Coran in this Dungeons and Dragons. I've been dead for 30-some years now. I, I, I loved you into have and have not. Why, thanks. You ever been bit by a dead bee? <laughs> Hey, Steve, you haven't got any money for a drink, have you? I'm sorry. We'd like two horses. I'd like to hear the theme song again, if you don't mind. Cora's Horses Horses World is a wonderful world of horses. All right. Well, it's a bit late, and I ain't got many horses left. I only got one. I got this dappled Appaloosa here, and then I got this tiny goat. (laughs) Who's going to take the goat? I'm small. I'll take the goat. Well, barbarian gnome, you you, you can have that here goat there. Well, well, yeah, Walter Brennan, here's a nip of my brandy. Well, well, let me have just a small... Well, you darn fools, you done got me. You can have these for free, you can. Where you bound? South to the forest? Well, you sound a bit tentative. What about you, Cap'n? I'll take the Appaloosa. 
<laughs> the Appaloosa she is. She's already saddled up and mounted right. for you. And I put some extra whippings in there for you as well. There's an emerald dagger. <laughs> he can just make shit up. We don't get to use our imaginations in this fucking No, game? no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I, I, I examined the emerald dagger that Walter Brennan handed me. The dagger is. Go on, have a look. This guy's so drunk, Sharpie. Yeah. The dagger has a silver handle with a gold pommel, if that's a thing that knives have, or daggers. <laughs> it was guffed to me by a man who came here not three years ago this very night. <laughs> he was heading for the forest, too, but he never got there. Wait, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. This sounds like, this well, sounds like should... worthy of investigation. Also, he turned into the witch from Wizard of Oz <laughs> halfway through. That that, that, that that seems an ill, ill-boding. Did you say Something I... pleasing to the eye. You say a guy gave you, gave you that, and then he went off where? Well, he sure did. He went off toward the forest, never did see him again. <laughs> well, maybe he shouldn't have given you that dagger. Maybe that dagger would come in handy, Sharpie. Oh, I think it'll be good luck for you. Yeah, good on ya. Get out of here, Appaloosa. Whack! Wait, can you put us After being slapped in the butt by the the horse owner, the horses take off towards the forest. Uh, thank God. The 1930s was creeping me out. <laughs> you reach the forest as dawn is breaking. You're at the edge of the forest. The path delves into the trees. I, I examine the path. The path seems of solid construction, well-traveled. <laughs> I fucking love you so much, Spencer. I examine the path. The path seems of solid construction. Yeah. <laughs> Years of people walking on it have given this path a solidly constructed feel. The dust is packed tight with the years gone past. Several thousands of feet made more their way growth has occurred on either side of it than on it. As walking upon walking has resulted in less growth. More, Sharpie, more growth. Sharpie, I got a pretty good feeling about this path. <laughs> I think I think a lot of people have walked this way. Yeah, but you know what? The uh, uh, two paths diverge in a in a yellow wood. Uh, let's, is, is, is there is that the only path, Spencer? That's the only path you can see. But perhaps if you get farther away from the path, you might find another way in. Farther. You're out of the woods, you're out of the dark, you're out of the night. Wait, do you hear that? Step into the sun, step into the light. I hear fairies. <laughs> I'm not, not a fairy, I'm a guardian. <laughs> I, we approach the guardian. You this path has been well packed. <laughs> oh. oh boy. One of these guys. Uh. Look. I like you guys, especially Sharpie. The gnome, I'm not that hot on. This forest is an exclusive forest where people party like it's 1963. That's 900 years in the future. It's a year that doesn't exist yet, and that's why it's so hard to get in. I'm going to let you guys... Oh, nice dagger. Are you looking at my emerald dagger? It's no, got a gold pommel. I wasn't, but that's nice too. 
Yes, I am looking at your dagger. It glisters like the very emeralds of the sun. Glisters, says yes. you? It glitters. A new as word? If I, I, uh, if I present you this dagger, which has been promised to give me luck through this forest, would you let me access? Bribest me, gnome? <laughs> you bet your tits. <laughs> flattery, flattery charges my battery. I'll take the dagger. I need two up front. Two up front. I know I'd go from rags to riches. <laughs> no idea. We enter right. the forest. All right. We got into the forest. Thank God. It's so exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Upon entering to the entering the forest, Tylenol with codeine is noted of your presence. He can feel Do I smell gnome face? <laughs> Tylenol! Gnome! Sharpie. Hello. <laughs> what brings you all to my bailiwick? I thought I'd left you after the ember mall was deceased. By the thorns of grander flask. <laughs> By the flaming balls of Kathy Lee Gifford. <laughs> By the huge canyons of, 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 of Nebraska. <laughs> for drinkledoodles. <laughs> I'd love one. I, I, I could murder a drinkledoodle right now. I've got unicorn punch and I've got unicorn Kool-Aid. What's the difference? About five cents. <laughs> That's unicorn humor. Excuse me while I take a lap. <laughs> Look at him go. Tylenol. What Sharpie. Do you, what do you think happens after you die? <laughs> what happens after you die? I am immortal. <laughs> Are unicorns immortal? Mostly. We live on forever in people's dreams. There'll never be a unicorn that doesn't exist if there's one child thinking of him or a small boy matriculating through a Catholic school. <laughs> Is there any news of any fortune to be had in this forest? Indeed. At the edge of the forest, they say, <laughs> there lives a man so dangerous that only Spencer can describe him. Admiral Darkstar has started a cult deep within the Forest of Shadows. What? The Forest of Shadows used to be the Connie Forest until a dark spell went off, corrupting the branches and very trees themselves. The Shadow Forest threatens to overtake the Connie Forest, home of Tylenol with codeine, unless someone can prevent the dark influence of the cult. This has been a bummer most major. <laughs> For the mornings are eclipsed by the darkness and the evenings fullered with fog. You, see, you seem pretty upbeat considering that your forest is about to die. I haven't seen all y'all in a while. <laughs> uh, uh, where, where is uh, this Admiral Darkstar? Can we Admiral go? Darkstar? Right? Is that it? I know. For even yeah. though he is an admiral, upon the land he doth dwell. <laughs> At the edge of the woods is he, some 50 hectares hence. That's like a couple hundred yards. Many more hectares. Underestimated I have, for I am equine in brain, and therefore my ability to discern distances is somewhat impaired. Maybe we should camp for the night. Indeed, what an idea. I will make a magic fire using my fucking... <laughs> I have a 
hoof. I have a hoof thing I can do. All right. Well, we should camp there for the night. We'll we'll end that the campaign chapter there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Spencer, everyone. Yeah, applause. Uh, uh, edit in or edit in and out point. If anyone parked on Sunset in front of Meltdown, they are towing cars in the next thirty minutes. Oh shit! That that's uh, yeah. for reals. Yeah. yeah. What, wait, what did you guys? Oh, we didn't park. Yeah, you you guys. If were anyone like, parked on Sunset bullet. right in front of here, you have thirty minutes. They're gonna start oh, towing okay. people. One, we, got, we got one taker, two takers, <laughs> three Holy takers. Holy shit! <laughs> wait, that happens every night. I I, I remember I went to a junior high school. And every fucking day, there was an announcement that go through the whole school, and they would say, if you're parked on Franklin or Washington, your cars have been marked, because they come by and mark your car. There's, like, spots where they say, you can park here for an hour, but we're they, watching. The chalk on the tire? Yeah, they put the chalk on the tire, and you got to go move your car. It was insane. So uh, it was in a public school, and the teachers would have to bail. They'd be in the <laughs> middle of telling you about the meaning of life. And so a cell, like, so DNA unravels are a if your car's parked on Franklin, your car's been marked. Uh, so, so I'll be right back, kids. <laughs> just, just hang on to that thought. When DNA becomes RNA, becomes UNA, becomes IDA, uh, I'll be right back. And they gotta go move their fucking Capri, uh, whatever. Capri car. Classic, I, I don't know. It, yours yeah. up. Uh, my girlfriend's car got uh, yeah, uh, repossessed today. We, 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 well, shit. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, we were out at the drawing room having a. What I think can only be described as an elegant daytime cocktail <laughs> at one of Los Angeles's premier shitholes. Day drinking and I'm thinking of you. Day drinking and I'm I love there's eight thousand things that can go wrong with your car when you go to find your car. You guys, le- you left to go pick up or to take Erin to her car that you had uh, left last night in Hollywood. Yeah, probably you know because you know for safety's sake. And then I got a text from you like, where the? I was like, where the hell is Dan? And uh, it was, Aaron's car has been stolen because right. that's what we, had, we we we'd already been to. It was like, what, did you park in front of a driveway? Went to the impound lot. No. Uh, okay, so that means that it's been stolen. And then the last final thought from her was, uh, oh, oh, it's been repossessed. <laughs> was it really repossessed? I, I guess so. Kittens McTavish. <laughs> it's no fun. It's no fun to be poor. Fucking A, it's not. It's like the least fun thing. Next to being rich. <laughs> oh, those, are the two, those are the two I, I least fun things in America, uh, in, or, in that order. Being rich and being poor. Why is being rich uh, no fun? Being rich is uh, uh, no fun because it actually turns out to be uh, not as fun as when you were poor. So then you get all bummed out. Because you spend your entire time being poor, uh, craving being rich, and so there's an extra depression to becoming rich. There's a there's a uh, in uh, Slaughterhouse Five, uh, Billy Pilgrim, uh, uh, like like there's a scene. I don't know what you call it in a book. Uh, a chapter. I call it scenes. Uh, Billy Pilgrim. Fade up. Billy Pilgrim is, is a prisoner of war, and he, he finds himself eavesdropping on a group of Nazi soldiers discussing the imminent 
conquering of America. They know they're in a war with all of Europe and that America's just joined and they're discussing. He's, he's Billy Pilgrim is uh, Kurt Vonnegut's avatar. He's the protagonist. He's listening outside a, a window while he's shoveling shit as a prisoner of war. He's listening to the Nazis discuss America. And how are we going to get him? How are we going to defeat him? Like, what is the Nazis' point of view on America at the time of this war? And, uh, and it's just Kurt Vonnegut fucking riffing <laughs> about America. Uh, it has nothing to do with Nazism. He doesn't give a shit. Uh, he's using the Nazis as a, as a mork from orc, like, looking in uh, and, 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 and commenting on all of it. So what, what do fascists think about America? If you were a fascist country, how would you invade America? How would you take it over? How would, you, how would they look at us? And, they, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a naked, disgusting, invigorating look at capitalism uh, through the fascist lens. Turns out not that much distortion. Fascism, capitalism, they're compatible. They both depend on the idea that there's a pyramid in place. There's a bunch of people with a bunch of shit at the top, and there's a bunch of way more people with a bunch less shit at the bottom. And the way you move up is by turning people in. You know, the way you move up is by clawing over people. The you know the value at the top is defined by the amount of people that don't have as much at the bottom. Um, you 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 th- you you. you it's, it's, it's Mary Kay Cosmetics, it's, it's Amway, it's, it's, it's anything. It's Scientology, it's any, any organization that has traction. This room, you know, there, 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 there's, there's been, uh, like, there's anecdotal, like, things about, like, professors who have studied this stuff in their classrooms. There was a professor who, who did it as a, started as a joke. He's like, okay, my name is The Wave, and there's people who are in The Wave. And it, was, it was the equivalent of the Stanford prison experiment, but it was, like, it was an experiment in fascism. And I, 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 I don't even know enough about this stuff. But I know that we all are primates. We all, like... We all want desperately to not be excommunicated by each other. And we all look to our left and look to our right and go, what am I doing wrong? And, and, and is there any way to move up? Um, and sometimes that becomes very uh, evident by the guy un- directly above you fucking up. And you go like, well, why is that guy above me? He keeps fucking up. Really? He keeps fucking up? Tell me more. Well, yeah, this guy above me keeps fucking up. Uh, like, uh, well, would you like his job? Yes, I would. I would like his job. <laughs> I guess I'm a real hero. <laughs> yeah, or you're a Nazi. You know, depending on the context, depending on what on what what's going uh, down the conveyor belt at the, at the you, bottom. Are you um, measurably more or less happy having some money versus being poor? Uh, I, I I don't. It's so hard to fucking tell. There's that, that that documentary. It's like there's this thing like it's like forty thousand a year or something. Like you peak at your like that's how happy you are, and that you, you like anything beyond that you, you're you're no more happy than anybody. Poverty is depressing. Like not being able to pay for ramen noodles is depressing. Not not being behind on your gas bills and having the government yell at you, getting red envelopes in your mailbox and having people knock on your door and go, "Where's the rent?" All of that affects your emotional yeah, level. Yeah, as, as Joe E. Lewis, the old comic, said, "Money isn't everything, but it eases the nerves a little." Sure, bit. sure helps. Uh, but there's a certain point where those knocks stop and the red envelopes stop and the ramen noodles are easy to buy and you buy whatever the fuck you want. And that number is around. 
around 40 grand a year or something like that. It always changes because what the fuck do these numbers mean? What does 40 grand mean? We don't know what that means. Um, but there's a level where it, it tops off. And after that, you ain't ever going to be any happier uh, than you are. Uh, it, 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 the happiness level, the serotonin level, the, the amount of good mood that you have, it, it tops off fast. If you know where your next meal's coming from, and you're if if you think like your girlfriend likes you, I, uh, and yeah, like there's a couple of minimal like requirements you need to be really happy, and then you could be making eight million dollars a, a week uh, on top of that, and all you're gonna do is go, you're, you're punching your girlfriend and going, do you know what it's like to have seven million dollars a week to spare? <laughs> no, you don't make it any easier on me. <laughs> Uh, why are you making it so hard? Uh, Proops, how did you do it? Because like you, you Proops, how do you handle having millions of dollars? No, I mean like uh, you're, you're. It's a- despicable how <laughs> poor I am, considering how awesome I am. <laughs> uh, I, I think you're right, though. I think it's at the moment when you're really striving, and like I think about. Uh, I, I, I was so desperately poor that you know when you when you have those moments where you go, do I buy a pack of cigarettes or do I buy food today? Or what was that? Susan Healy, a comic from San Francisco, used to have a great line where she go the first thought you have when you wake up in the morning is what in my room can I sell and uh, and then that uh, that goes away but then I always think there's another kind of it like built-in unhappiness but what 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 struck me when you were talking about that was more than simply being comfortable or uh, uh, having enough money to live is the psychopathy of people who have billions of dollars who won't desist. Like, what keeps you going at the Warren right. Buffett level? What keeps you going at the Mitt I can't Romney? wait to find out. You know what I mean? I, 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 yeah, that's what I keep asking myself. Like, is like, there, do they get up every morning and go, fuck yeah? Well, you know I what I mean? This or, to that. or do they get up and go like, fuck, I got a billion. I bought, I, I bought a house last year with all of my anguish, all of my mm-hmm. sweat, and all of my sadness. I, there's a number value on the house that I bought and it's bigger than any house that in Milwaukee I, I, I was like oh I'm one of these people right I'm a douche details magazine is doing a photo shoot uh, called TV Mavericks <laughs> so they invite me to a photo shoot uh-huh. uh, it's uh, some of some of the people that I love people that certainly that make TV shows that I love I'm a TV maverick you so are. I'm going to be you in are. details magazine they have uh, procured a location we're gonna shoot them it's gonna let's make it look glamorous because they're mavericks and uh, I show up to this house uh, I eventually ask the caretakers of the house, what is this house worth? $82.5 million. No fucking way. It's built into the side of a hill, and it's, it was ridiculous. The, the reason I bring this up is because I was walking around that house, and I was starting to go, ah, fuck. Ah, I should have. Nah, I should have put my toilet on the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Jaded. Jaded. What kind of dumb dick am I? But I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Why don't I have an avocado server in my living room? <laughs> I, I didn't. At no point was I having happiness. I wasn't. I wasn't thinking. Yeah, like, money doesn't bring fun. That's yeah, the weird thing. It just. I was just like, ah, oh, fuck. It's convenient well, to uh, me. I have. I, I, I have regular grass. I don't have moss from the Amazon. <laughs> this guy's. Well, this guy has moss for grass. The same amount. Of beer makes you drunk, and the same amount of you know. What I, mean? I, I remember feeling like the, 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 the king of the county when I had enough money to buy myself 
dinner and somebody else. Or yeah. enough for a burrito. Or enough to buy myself a beer and tip the bartender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, and I, not pay the 75 cents and give the guy like 50 and like... I, I have felt just as rich with $10 as I've felt with any other amount of money. And uh, that's, that, that's, that's good perspective to have. The, the, I think the happiest moment of my life is like 25 years ago when my wife and I weren't married and I got in a cab with her after a gig. And I remember thinking she was the you know the woman I wanted to be with and everything and that to me is the happiest moment of my life not getting a big check or being on telly or any of that fucking it certainly nonsense. won't make your parents happy I remember I remember the your parents t- are never telling my parents happy. like I made a bunch of money that's what you wanted right and they were like don't spend it all in one place yeah, right. <laughs> fucking cocksucker fucker bitch, I'm murder you <laughs> Dan, tell, tell him about the Google map thing. No, I want to tell him a better story. I want to tell him about you uh, when, when me and Shrab. It's and already you would a hang better out. story. And uh, we would hang out. Like, when we met Jeff, Jeff was a fucking vagabond, a straight up hobo. Uh, and uh, we were I, I hanging had a, out. I had a, I had a uh, soup can on my head and a little flower coming out and, of it. Uh, Wearing a barrel <laughs> with suspenders on it. Oh, I couldn't afford suspenders. I had and a hold bindle it up. stiff. Yeah, I had a bindle on a stick. Yeah. We'd go over to Schraub's place and we'd rent a movie went back then you rented movies from yeah. a geographic location that ha- <laughs> housed videos. movies in a, in a weird matrix grid uh, oh I want to watch Young Frankenstein pulling it from a shelf I like Young Frankenstein driving it to my Frankenstein player uh, you guys don't understand what I'm talking about it was a weird era uh, it was a lot and, more acquisition uh, so yeah. you take it back Walter and watch Brennan movie. still roamed the earth and we would do it oh my god he sure did <laughs> Jeff was a fun, charming guy that we knew in L.A. Rob and I had just moved out from Milwaukee uh, six months. I didn't know you guys were from Milwaukee. We woke up one morning. Jeff was gone. There was a note on the coffee table that said, Oh, boy. Rob, Dan, tonight I did something that I will never forgive myself for. You guys left change on the table from Del Taco. (laughs) And I took it. I took it because I'm broke. I love you guys. I'm ashamed of myself. And I promise you, I will give you this money back. It was this beautifully written, like, Herman Melville letter. Rob was like, listen to this from Jeff. And I was like, Jesus Christ, give him a fucking, like, car. What is he, what happened? Uh, Yeah, we were all, but Jeff and I, I I was into you for two grand at one point, and then you were into me, and then back and forth, like, uh, we would, like, uh, God damn it. You made Monster House and had a ton of money, and then, like, a year later, you didn't have a nickel. Yeah, like, you, you bought Centipede and Pac-Man. Uh, you, you had the full, the full arcade stand-up centipedes and Pac-Man. For real, you bought a centipede and a Pac-Man. Yeah. And then he didn't have, he didn't have two quarters to shake together a, a year later. But he did have Pac-Man. I've been a puppet, a, a poet, puppet, a pirate, a papa, a pawn, and a king. Up guys. and down and over and out. I, I remember, like when, when I left my. The day before I got uh, the call that I was going to be on Whose Line Is It Anyway, I was evicted by the sheriff from my apartment, and I had to put everything I had in a trash bag, and I, and I lied to a new landlord that I would have $1,000 in 10 days. I didn't have any money at all. I had no <laughs> prospects, none. And I just completely lied, and I was, I, was, I was thrown out. I left a bunch of shit at this place. 
I really should go pay her back. I never <laughs> got. Uh, uh, she, she was kind of an asshole. You were but. one of those guys, though, that was like, like, what, what's going on over there? And you're like, well, California law states that uh, you're only allowed to evict someone after. Like you knew, you knew. Uh, I was talking no. and dodging, man. And I, and I and I had two trash bags of my most valuable things, and I went to this new place, and the, the landlord was from London. He goes, so Jeff, mate, uh, I met you with, with your friend Matt before. I'm, I'm back in ten days. Just give me a thousand dollars first and last, and uh, and you're, you're good to go. If you want, stay in my place until I get there because the keys aren't ready for your, your back house. There's a little shitty back house in Echo Park. It was, it was really cool, but it was real tiny. So I'm in this guy's nice house, and I got two trash bags, and, I, and, and, and all I had was the 45, or, yeah, 45 cents I found in my couch. Sweet. And I knew that I could eat a burrito that night, and I was so happy about that. And I put my bags down, and literally the phone rang, and my manager, Tracy, has been with me through thick and thin. She goes, are you sitting down? I was like, no. <laughs> No furniture. Yes, nothing. I, I, I was in the guy's crib, and I, I re- like really, literally had the trash bags next to me. She goes, she goes uh, I had been auditioning for Whose Line Is It Anyway for three and a half years. It was my fifth audition of a I fought years. against you from the beginning of the process. I don't... Yeah. I don't want to harsh this yeah, story at you, all. You, but you I, were like, uh, you were a real Admiral Dark Star. <laughs> and uh, she goes, you got, you got the thing. And I go, when will they pay me? And she goes, you work on Tuesday. You'll have the money in nine days, the day before the guy got back. And I was like, okay, cool. And I hung up the phone, and I hit the ground like a sack of, just like a, like a wet sock. I went splat on the ground. Like, not like, oh, lordy, lordy. Like, not like, I, I just was out of energy. I was like, that was it. I was at the end of my tether. And I was like, I can pay this motherfucker in 10 yeah, days. I will be alive in 10 days. Yeah, and, and, and it was like a couple months later that everything was fine. But like, it's a beautiful thing of getting right to the end of that rope. I was like, I don't want to go work at Starbucks. I'll blow my brains out. I can't yeah, do it. Yeah. You hear that, Starbucks employees? <laughs> you have another option. Borrow from Dan Harmon until there's no other uh, no other recourse. Oh, first of all, no. Oh shit. Dan, you, are you Uh-oh. Are you going to rap right now? What the hell? I think oh, we're no, closing. I thought we were closing. Are we closing? Let's no, close. No, no, no. It's a, a, a let's close. Hat, I can 9-18? No, we yeah, got, let's close. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in the 15-minute window for you guys to light it up. Oh no, let's just close. <laughs> There's got to be something different. And we're not going to do a scene. We're going to do something different. All right? Just give me a second. I'm going to think of something. There's no rush, baby. All right. No, no. I know there's no rush. Do your thing. You're rich. Think of it. You're rich and unhappy. You're going to die. All right. Who in the audience is the least happy? Well, I Adam Goldberg. Adam Everybody Goldberg shut his hand, hand right up. There. Yeah. Well, okay. Hold on. Adam, why are you unhappy? Just talking to it. I'll, I'll, I'll. So, for podcasters at home, I hit myself in the face with a microphone while being interviewed about why I'm unhappy. Uh, so, I thought I wasn't going to be fired from my job because my supervisor left at 7 last weekend. I worked overnight. And then I walk in today and she's holding the transcription pedal I brought from home and a paycheck with $90 deducted out of it. And she's like, oh, yeah, I, I meant to email you, but I didn't get around to it. So That's I been our show, everybody. Thanks for coming. Have a great night. <laughs> okay. All right. Adam, 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 come up on stage. Come up on stage. Adam Goldberg, right? Yeah. Adam Goldberg, everyone, would you? Uh, he's, he's become something of a mascot for Harmontown. 
right. Our we're Asperger and mascots. Mascot. This is gonna be. Uh, this is. We're gonna try to end with a scene called Adam's Valhalla. <laughs> Adam, this is a world where everything that you say goes. Okay. The rest of us, like, like, you, you have a microphone. You stand there, and you're like a god in this world, and the rest of us will obey your whim. <laughs> the year is 2012. It is September 2012. An attractive woman comes up to me and says, oh, your spine looks normal and not weird. Is that a hunch? Oh. Or are you just being a sex monster? <laughs> I have a hunch that I am a sex monster. I'd like to yield to you almost immediately. My name's Yolanda. I have a size 18 waist. Get going. Let's make it size 20. Now... I just expanded. So I... I... I, I, I'm, try, I'm trying to be the straight man despite my, my giggly tendencies and puffed out cheeks. But no, don't be the straight no, man. No, no, absolutely. In my, in my perfect world, I see my buddy Dan Harmon. He's, he's combed his hair for the very first time just on my account. <laughs> you, I'm, I'm with you, Adam, on that one, man. <laughs> well, I did, by the way, I didn't. I, uh, whatever you're saying. No, no, this is no, my fantasy world. He's you're trying saying, to get I'm you to comb your to hair fantasy. like that. I, I, I thought this was the best way that I thought I could give you a slight personal grooming tip was to end Harmontown. <laughs> I can only get through to you through podcasts. <laughs> I don't, that high for you. I'm it's not no. psycho. No, you're God right now. You're okay. God. You're right. in charge. I'm not psycho. Okay? Dan Harmon doesn't look good. I don't look good. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, Yolanda. <laughs> All right, Adam, what else? What, what can we do? I, for I, you? I, I just, I'm, I'm a simple man. I'd like that, you know, the, the rag that you use to wash your car. I mean, the rag a person would you I, I doubt you. <laughs> Greg, you've washed your own car, yeah? Do I what? Have you washed your own car ever? Uh, I have done, yes. You know, if you buy, like, one of those discount rags you wash, and then you can't use that rag again. It's too... I just want, like, like a car rag that you can reuse. I'm down. I'm down. It looks so dirty. Because the one you use, the one you use, you use it, and then you're like, oh, I'll wring it out. And and it's like, it's all gray, and I I don't want to put that on my car again, even if it's clean. To dream the impossible dream. All right, so you still wash my car. Where the dust always goes. What? I live in the valley. <laughs> it is very dusty. Am I? Am I Keep going, you no, in my dream to wash out that car to be employed with health benefits for my spine. To dream. I do not have as pictures. I'm weird. There is a difference. <laughs> My voice is cracking. That's been Harmontown, you guys. Thanks for coming. Adam Goldberg. Dreaming big. Thank you so much. One more time for great groups, everybody, would you? Spencer, our dungeon master. Also, Katie Levine, audio recording, Zach McKeever, tech, Emily Gordon, producer, Daniel Kramer, program director, Dustin Marshall, podcast producer, Mo Fathelbab, on-site director, Jenny Fine, our fine artiste. I've been Jeff Davis, our comptroller. One more time for your mayor, Mr. Dan Harmon.
Thank you so much. I hope all of your cars have not been towed. And when you get into your car, I urge you to reach down between your legs and ease the seat bag. Thank you. National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com. Hello, beautiful. I'm Amy Errett, founder of Madison Reed, a hair color company I named after my daughter. One of the things I value most in life is time. Time to spend with my daughter, time to spend with family, and the time I put into my company that's reinventing the way women color their hair. The busiest, most successful women I know use Madison Reed, the amazing hair color hack. In under an hour and for less than $25, Madison Reed delivers gorgeous, shiny, multi-dimensional, healthy-looking hair with an ammonia-free formula. You'll look like you just came from a salon, but the reality is you have more me time to do what you love. Things get busy. Let us take care of you and your hair. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com and get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Use code NEW. That's code NEW. Try it. Love it. That's the beauty of Madison Reed.